Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Ball Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. Have a great one today. Before we get into it, if you guys are watching, please subscribe and like. Hit that notification bell. Leave a comment. If you're listening, rate and review. Give us five stars and follow our pages on all those platforms. Uh, also, if you want some merch, we have it now. How we doing, bud? T-shirts, orange and white. Uh, repping the Vols and repping the podcast. So please go out and buy those if you want to follow us on social media. Uh, at Believe in Tennessee for our main account, at rbacon 26 read at Kyler Curbison for myself. So on this podcast, we are going over the new college football playoff rankings and what that means for Tennessee. In fact, we're going to the Orange Bowl versus Clemson. Um, we also talk about Alec Golish going to USF. And if that was the right decision for him in the future and transfer portal, what guys have decided to leave uh, the university and head elsewhere. And is it really that good of an idea for them? So a lot of stuff to touch on. Uh, let's jump into it. By the game. Snap. The kick is in the air and the kick this time is no, sir. Reed. No, sir. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17, pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone, the pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. It is the place to go for betting. It is your number one source for betting. They have all the odds, all the team totals, all the parlays that you could ever want, and they cover every sport. You got NFL, you got NBA, you got tennis, you got golf, you got baseball, you got everything you could think of. It is the place to go if you're going to bet on anything and make anything exciting. So for first-time signups, go over to betonline.ag, and for a 50% welcome bonus, use promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V at checkout and receive that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Another great podcast coming up. Uh, before we get into quite a lot that has happened over this week, Reed, how we doing, bud? Hey, Kyler. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> what? So for those just listening um, or don't know the inside, Reed told me today that we're going to have a 30-minute podcast. So he told me that we're going we're to stick to 30. And as most of you know, every time I ask him how he's doing, 
he goes on for about 15 minutes. And his response today was, hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I didn't say that I wasn't going to talk. I just said, I just said, hey, Kyler, how's it going? And then uh, you didn't say hey back for, for me to, then to continue to talk about what's been going on. That literally never happens on this show. Literally has never happened. What? I asked how you were doing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here we go. In three, two, one. Hey, Kyler. I'm doing well. Uh, nice weekend over here. It was weird watching games and not have the balls on. Um, um, and my tight, my Titans lost, but that's okay. I kind of knew going into it. Like, I'm very um, – I know who my Titans are. You know, and that that's okay. I can still enjoy watching them and and uh, taking um, pride and satisfaction in some wins. But we're not at the level to compete right now. And then we had some other injuries today. But overall, a really good weekend. Uh, had a nice dinner with my with my mom. My dad was a little tired and Georgia was busy, so Karen and I had a nice little date night on Friday night. And uh, then just been hanging out, nice church service today with my pops, and you know, just relax and watching ball. Um, I I really didn't get too much involved with the uh, with the, the the playoffs. I know that was all the talk on social media this week, and I just I already knew what was going to happen, so I didn't I didn't really care to get involved. And I there's there's only so many times I can say Tennessee deserves it over Bama. Or the whole argument of strength of schedule and all that. And I know you're out there fighting a good fight on Twitter, but I just I couldn't do it. It's just we, we all know what it is. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing. I, I'm, you know, I'm obviously going to fight for our side of it and say, you know, Tennessee definitely deserves to be ranked higher than Alabama. But my main point the whole time, it, it felt like I had to. Now that USC and TCU lost, or <laughs> it was just like. You guys cannot put in Alabama. Like, they, they are the last team that deserves to be in. Um, it, it, it would just have been the most biased thing I've ever seen of, like, hey, you're getting in because of past accomplishments, because of what you've done before. And Nick Saban going on during halftime of that championship game and then just pleading – over and over and over about his team and trying to say that, like, you know, we lost two close games. And he even brought up the spread and was like, if, you know, who, we would be favored if we played against TCU right now. And I'm like, yeah, but you were favored versus us and you were favored versus LSU too, you dumbass. Every, every single one of your wins – you barely beat the damn spread. You didn't beat the spread versus Texas. They beat the spread versus Texas A&M. So why the hell would anybody take your word for it? Like, oh, you'll be favored. Yeah, because of your past accomplishments. Literally not because of this year. It, I, so I, I saw it. I didn't watch it because I didn't want to. I, I love Nick Saban. I do. I, I respect him. Uh, he's my, he's my go coach. Um, but I, I turned the channel. I didn't want to hear the nonsense. And I no, thought about it. I, I was didn't like, watch it. I saw I the clips in, after. I, well, I, did, I saw the clips too, but I didn't, I didn't listen to them. I, um, I was like, man, if I was in his position, would I do that? And that's like, I guess you have to, like, it's a part of the job, but I almost would have been like, if I was him, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not coming on your show. Like, I'm not going to do this political thing. Like just, just cause like, if they put us there, great. Like, he had to know they weren't getting in. Like, 
in a way, we can't trust the committee at all. But I, even with how bad they are, I would have been shocked if they picked Bama over a one-loss Ohio State. Yeah. Like, I because Bama has two losses. Now, if Bama had only had one loss maybe to us or or to LSU, okay, I get it. They probably would have backdoored their way in uh, with the SEC and all that. But but I'm I'm happy with how it turned out. It's still really weird to me, like, that we're – that we had our chance and then we're not there. So it's like, I am really, really, really happy with how year two has gone. Um, I actually do think it that we need to show up and we're playing with house money because of Hinton Hooker being out. Yeah. Um, but, but we have to show up and I wanted to play Clemson really, really badly until Dabo finally did the smart thing and Ben's DJ Ukulak Machaka. And like, <laughs> yeah, the backup went off. Yeah, but because like, and and I respect a coach. I really do respect coaches that really have their players back and, and really are, are loyal to them. Like I, I appreciated it when Lane Kiffin was here, and like the year before Lane got here, we were doing the dance between, um, yeah, you know, Crompton, B.J. Coleman, Nick Stevens, like all this stuff. And so he came and he's like, "You're my guy." And as a player, that's a huge, huge deal, a huge deal. And, like, I was always really impressed that that Kiffin did that. Um, and so I, I respect Dabo, but, like, I think Dabo's loyalty kept him out of the playoff because I think if they had played um, – is it – I forget, I just saw his name, uh, uh, Cole or Caleb, which I didn't know where he was from. I looked it up last night. He was the number one quarterback in all of Texas. And I don't know how he ends up at Clemson and Texas doesn't get him or A&M with those money bags that they were paying people last year. I don't know. Yeah. But I think if he had played the whole uh, South Carolina game, I think I think Clemson probably edges him out. Yeah. Um, so I, so I, I, I mean, I, Clemson, you know, w- with that game would still be in the conversation for the playoff. Like, I think – They probably would have They probably would have gotten in because yeah, they – Yeah, I think, I think – you know, Dabo just dragging his feet with DJ is what caused, you know, Clemson to lose their playoff hopes. I just said that. Are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, I – yeah, I, I I really think that them taking that second L, uh, and I, I don't think they lose to, 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 to South Carolina. And the other thing is, if DJ plays – if he had played against us, and and you know what, he might still start because I think he started this one and then was pulled after the second or third series. But like, if if they had left him in the whole game against us, then it's just stopped Will Shipley, their running back, who who runs really really hard. They they do have a better roster than we do. I am nervous about their defensive line, but I thought with him in the game, and especially if we had Hendon Hooker, that we would we would beat him. But now, if their backup plays. I think it's a really good test for us. My, my biggest thing is if we go and win, awesome. Just just don't – don't do not get blown out on this yeah. stage, even without Hendon Hooker. You can't get blown out. Can't get blown out. Um, I, I think this is all a great opportunity for every backup or every second guy to get a chance. And, and I'm talking about, you know, Joe – I'm talking about Dylan Sampson. I'm talking about uh, Ramel and Squirrel and, like, those guys on offense being able to step up. Because if I'm Jalen Hyatt, I'm, 
I mean, I don't know if he's going to play. You know what I mean? Like, what is he going to lose if, you know, it, he he has done what he needs to do and get drafted. So it's like, I don't know if he's going to gain a lot by playing. Um, so, I mean, those guys are going to get more opportunities, which I love to see. I love the fact that it really does set us up for what 2023 is going to look like with Joe. And if Joe is going to be the guy, um, I always love a bowl because it's another month of practice and it's another opportunity to get young guys more reps. And if we do have early enrollees, if they can somehow be there. Um, And even though, you know, we lost our playoff opportunity, if we go into this game and lose, it's, I still don't feel like it's a bad season. Like compared to where we've been, it's like, okay, this is still a successful season. We just lost to Clemson, who's another who's the ACC champion, uh, who has two losses on the year, and who has been the powerhouse for the past five years. So it's like we did this in year two. Like that's pretty insane that we did this in year two. Um I I did not, you know, I picked 10 and 2 before the season, but I mean, that's that's incredible when you really think about it. Our, our offensive coordinator is already getting taken away from us in year two to be a head coach. Like, you have to be impressive as a team to get a coordinator taken away in year two. Yeah, I, I know. And, and that was what I was going to talk about. And before we jump into that, the, the, the last thing I'll say is, yeah, Kyler, like, there's – as much as it still hurts without without the you know with the South Carolina loss and not having the playoff chance and all that, it's even if we go and we lose to Clemson by, you know, anywhere from fifteen to twenty something, you know, like it's still a successful season. There, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. And like I said, you're kind of playing with house money anyways because we don't have our Heisman uh, candidate quarterback. Um, and so, I mean, ten and two with wins over Bama and Florida, and and just setting the stage. And we're about to enter momentum season. And so you want to go out on the national stage and and ball and keep that momentum rolling and mm. um, parlay that into hopefully a few more recruits for this year, obviously transfers, and then continue to build on the – I guess it's the 2023 class. So yeah, and when I when I think about it too, um, you know, and and how recruits would view each program, right? So like how a recruit views the program and sees it is how he's going to decide where to go. So offensive players look at Tennessee and go, they're the number one offense in the country. They have the most touchdowns. They have the most yards. They have the most rushing touchdowns in the country. So a lot of offensive guys see that and go, wow, I want to go there. And Heupel's done it consistently. Guys on the defensive side of the ball, they, you know, when you think about it and you look at it, you're like, the defense is bad. The defense hasn't been good. But I don't think recruits are looking at that as there's are bad coaches. Opportunity to play early. Opportunity to play early. They're like, let me get in there and play. If this if this defense is bad, let me go in and make a name for ourselves and make it good. Um, 
And, you know, I just think Rodney Garner is one of the best recruiters out there and defensive linemen want to come play with them because they know that they're going to get better. It's not going to be easy. We've said multiple times in this podcast how Rodney Garner is an ass. I mean, he is getting all over you at practice and he doesn't let anything slide. But we're still getting recruits left and right. And, you know, once we get closer to signing day, like we'll talk about that and we'll go over each one of them. Um, but like that's beautiful to see that I, you know, I just think win or lose this game, like we're still in a great spot when it comes to like the view of Tennessee football right now. Um, but let yeah, let's talk about Alex Golish. Losing Alex Golish to USF, uh, South Florida, coming to head coach. Love I I you know, I love that for him. I love the success for him. I want that to happen. You know, when that happens, you have a very successful team, a la Alabama. Um, but I mean, one more year, like one more year, Golish. You, you can't, there's no way that him spending one more year, this Tennessee offense ends up at bottom of the SEC. Or Obviously. you understand what I'm saying? Like the only way that he would get, not be able to get this job or get a worse job next year was if the Tennessee offense finished bottom of the SEC. If they finish anywhere close to the top, if they finish first, then he gets a better job. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I don't think this Tennessee offense is slowing down at all. So stay one more year, get a chance at an SEC championship, a national championship, get a, another year under your belt of having Blitnikoff finalist, Heisman finalist, number one offense in the country. Maybe even a running back gets some award. Offensive line gets an award. Then see what kind of head coaching job you get. You're telling me that Dan Lanning and can get Oregon, but our offensive coordinator is number one coach, number one offense in the country gets South Florida. You know what I mean? Like stay for a little bit longer, show your resume, get an even better job, play the long game. But why? Like first off, I'm I am okay. So first off, my iPad went out again, so you're gonna have to use this. So that means I also lost my timer, so I don't know where our time is. Third, third off, um, I'm happy for Golish. I really, really am. And I and this is good for the this is good for the program. You want to be up there with the Clemsons and the Ohio States and the Bamas and Georgias and losing and losing um, your coordinators because that means you're doing the right thing. So I'm you know I'm fine with it. I, I really am. And to be honest with you, Kyler. This is this is no hyperbole or no joke. Like I would rather lose him than Rodney Garner, a hundred percent. Like I would rather have the best D line or arguably the best D line coach in the country. Everybody knows it's a tag team on offense. Exactly, we have the main guy. We have the magician. That that's all that that's all that truly matters on offense. Um, and I'm really happy. And I don't. What I mean, I think South Florida is a really good opportunity for him. What do you think? What do you want him to like? If you were him, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, where are you trying to go next? Like, where, where's a better job that you think? So, any of the Power Five conferences is what I'm saying. But I, I'll stop you. I'll stop you there. That guy's. I I highly doubt he's getting a Power Five job with no. We've never had head coaching experience. Now, it listen. It only takes one. It only takes one athletic director 
to, to take a chance on you. But like, I personally do not see him getting a power five job with no head coaching experience. I understand that you might not see that. Maybe that's because of the way you view Alex Golish, but it's happened before. Sam Pittman is the head coach of Arkansas after being an O-line coach at Georgia. Like he never had head coaching experience. It, it I, happens is what I'm saying. It happens. I, it happens. But Sam Pittman's been the, around the game a long, long time. Your better argument would have been Dan Lanning. But I would need to look at Dan Lanning's background to maybe argue with you correctly. But like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, people want to talk about Cincinnati. Golish was never getting the Cincinnati. You know, he like Cincinnati no, not, not this year. No, but I don't even think next year because a, a, a school like a Cincinnati needs a proven head coach, you would think. So, like, I just don't – I mean, I don't personally see a Power Five taking a chance on him because it's like everyone's always going to think, is is it him or is it Hype? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would be different if Hype was known as an offensive guy but, like, not a wizard play caller. Like, it'd be yeah, different. The way I view it as – I see it as, okay, I – I've always wanted to be a head coach and I'm going to take the risk of going to South Florida and trying to be a head coach there first over anywhere else. If he fails as a head coach at South Florida, he doesn't get another shot at a head coaching job. And and, and I don't disagree with that, but I don't know. If Dan Lanning fails at Oregon, he will get another shot at a head coaching job. I don't know about that. If Mario Cristobal is not doing well at Miami and he ends up, you know, getting fired after four seasons and he was just okay or like didn't do well, he could get a South Florida head coaching job. That's what I'm trying to say. Mario Cristobal? Yeah, the guy down in Miami. Isn't that Mario Cristobal? Yeah, but he's been a head coach before. Like he was a head coach at Oregon. But but listen, listen to this. So Dan Lanning, the argument that if he doesn't do well at Oregon, that he could get fired and you're saying he could get another one, like – Wait, did you say he could get another one or couldn't? He could. He could get well, another lower-tier head coaching job no, because I don't think he right, did bad at Oregon. I don't I don't, I don't. don't think right after. I don't think right after. He's not going to get canned at Oregon and then someone else is going to hire him. He yeah, not right to, after. The, he'll, the, the, he'll go be a defensive coordinator for two years, then he'll get a head coaching job. If Alex Golish fails at South Florida, he will go back to being a coordinator and never get a chance again is what I'm trying to tell you. I don't – I just don't – I don't – I don't necessarily agree with that about Dan. Dan Lanning's like in his thirties. Like he's like a, a few years older than us. So like, yeah, maybe he hangs around the game and ends up getting another head coaching job when he's like in his fifties or something. So we're not, I'm not going to sit there and say never, like, it's just hard to say never, but like, I, I get the point that you're making, but then again, like South Florida might be a decent opportunity for him. Meaning like, you know, they're not going to be in a good conference. There's talent galore in Florida. Even if you take the leftovers down there, with his offense, like, he might look at it. You, you're saying stay at Tennessee to get a group of five. He might look at it and say, I just got to go down there and win for two years. And if I'm using our offense, I get one or two good transfers or 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 JUCOs or whatever, then he can win eight or nine games, seven or eight games, and then parlay it to something else. So just because he stays here in Tennessee another year, he's he, in my opinion, he's still going to get a group of five, and he still has to win at the group of five to get himself a head coach in the power five. But – we can agree to disagree. Yeah, I just – I mean, I just feel like in another year, like he could get Arizona State. You know what I mean? Like a, I don't know. a, a lower-tier Pac-12 team. Like I think he could easily get that in another year. 
I don't know if I would want Arizona State over UCF I'm, because of the competition and the schedule and who else you're trying to build up from. I, I mean, mean, South I Florida, guess, but... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. South I mean, Florida. In, in, in Indiana, could he not get an Indiana job next year? No. Why not? No. As the offensive coordinator with no head coaching experience and go to and go to Indiana? No, I don't think that at all. And why would he want to go to Indiana as the head coach and, and have to compete in the Big Ten? Dude, yeah. South South Florida is 11th in the American Athletic Conference. If the dude goes down there and wins five games, they're going to think he's a stud. If he wins eight games, he'll be the next hot, hot coach for one of these bigger jobs. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying when I say the Arizona States or the Indianas, like especially Big Ten football, like they don't – like they're hanging on to coaches like it's crazy. They hang on to Scott Frost after winning three games at Nebraska. That's, that's they hang, Scott Frost was, Kurt Ferentz is still has a job there, and his son in Iowa has had horrible seasons, and he's still there. And it's just like that can happen in the Big Ten, even if you you're literally just competing against Michigan and Ohio State. If you're on the other side, and all you're competing against is Wisconsin, like. You got a good opportunity. First off, Do you Kurt think Ferentz Indiana has any expectations of their football team? They've never been Kurt, good. Kurt Ferentz has done a pretty good job at Iowa. They're, it's Iowa, and he has them ranked like every year. They're And I'm not saying it's deserving, but every year they're – I mean, hell, a couple years ago they're like fourth or fifth, and then they're like eighth or ninth, and then they're tenth. Like, Kurt Ferentz is a good a good coach for Iowa. That I mean, that's a good fit. And, like, I don't know if I want to go coach Indiana. Like, I agree with you that I, I'm happy that they give these coaches – long enough time and they don't freak out and blow them out like they do here at the, at, you know, at the SEC. Because if SEC, if you lose like your first three games, you're like on the hot seat. Yeah. Um, but 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 um, who did you mention earlier? You can't bring up Scott Frost and how long he got. He was like the prodigy son at Nebraska because he played there and he was a really good coach at you at Central Florida. That would be like uh, that'd be like Peyton Manning coming back here and coaching. We're going to give him at least four or five years. So it's yeah. like, you know, but I, I don't know. I mean, Dude, South Florida, they were horrendous this year. I'm looking at who they played and stuff. If he goes down there and, like I said, gets a couple good players and gets eight or nine wins, then he can really, really have a chance to parlay it into something good. I, I don't – I don't know. We'll, we'll never know, but I, I I don't see him staying at one more year at Tennessee and then getting a, you know, a Pac-12 or a, a Big I Ten. See, I see it, especially if you have an explosive offense two years in a row and have – playoff implications, Heisman candidates, like everyone sees where the football is going nowadays. You got to have a good offense. I just feel like the reward is potentially even better staying one more year than it is leaving now versus the risk. And he, and, and like, I think he can get his first head coaching job as a power five job. And if you don't do well there, you get a you get a buyout. You get paid a ton of money. The best job in the world is a fired Power Five head coach. It's the best job in the world because you're getting millions of dollars to do nothing. So I, I don't know. I just see it as like if I'm looking into the future, that's a, I just feel like it's a better opportunity, and you have less risk. But I guess that's agree, just to, agree to disagree. And and to and to finalize on who I think will take it, I will not be shocked at all if if, if he just promotes Joey. Oh yeah, Jackley, 
um, which I would totally be fine with it. Like, I honestly don't – I mean, Hypo could call me up, be like, hey, man, like, I'll, I'm not going to pay you, but you come be my offensive coordinator. I'm like, okay, I'm there. Like, they're going to be fine next year because it's him. It's it's him. It's like I'm not I'm not worried about it. And so – I'm and fine with I'm fine with promoting within and like giving these guys an opportunity. You never know how Joey, you know, they would say, Oh, he's never called plays, like he hadn't done this or that. But like, how do you know he's not good if he's never got the opportunity? Like at some point everyone had to get their first opportunity. It, it, it's also, you know, Heupel's called plays. Heupel calls a lot of the plays. So like who cares if he doesn't like have that much experience? He has a coach that has a ton of experience that's calling him with him. And second, like he spent the entire year up in the booth with Alex Golish on the headset with him the entire year, listened, watched film with him, realized how his mind works. So like he he's, he's bringing in all that information and taking it in and being like, Oh, okay. He likes to call this on this, you know, down a distance. He likes to call this when we're on this hash. And you can see how those plays develop and work. Like, uh, yeah, I'm completely with you. Like yeah, there is no problem hiring within. And I, because I believe in hypo so much, I don't, there's, there's not a guy he could bring in that I would not not like. You know what I mean? Like, I still think we're going to have a good offense no matter what. 100%. Um, okay. Last thing before we end the pod, transfer portal. So, wanted to talk about the guys that have already entered and the fact that they're leaving and kind of where this puts us. Um, you know, I tweeted earlier in the week, like, you know, there's no more depth in college football. It's like if you have a third, fourth, fifth string guy, they're going to leave the next year. Um, so you either got to be recruiting the third, fourth, fifth string guy of other teams or high schoolers to come in and replace them. Um, but so to- totality, we've got uh, tied in Miles Campbell transferring uh, running backs, Laneith Whitehead, Justin Williams, Thomas. And wide receivers, Jimmy Callaway and Jimmy Holiday. Now, this list might expand when it comes in the offseason. Who knows? It might get smaller because certain guys sometimes come back. Um, So we will see. I mean, this is this is what it is now. You know, (laughs) like like I wrote down notes for these. I'm like, Miles Campbell, like. I, I don't quite understand why he's leaving because both guys ahead of him are probably leaving. And it's like, all right, here's your chance to, you know, have an opportunity. But also, how does he see his game? Like, does he see himself as more of a Princeton fan? Because if that's the case, then he's going to have a lot of opportunity in this offense. If he sees himself more as a Jacob Warren, then he can see the writing on the wall and see that Jacob gets – one to two catches every other game. And it's not like he's prolific in the offense. So maybe that's one of the reasons why he's like, well, if I stay, it's not like they want to hit me on those routes. They want to hit squirrel and brew and Ramel. So that was my thought process. Like maybe he's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to get what I want out of this because it's just like, you have so many years and both guys ahead of you are leaving. I don't understand where the, disconnect is um i'll still believe it when i see it that jacob's leaving (laughs) yeah okay uh and then laneith whitehead and justin williams thomas it's like laneith had four guys ahead of him even though he got reps last year 
He had four guys, like Just Williams Thomas was a hell of an eighth. So he had four guys ahead of him. And, I, you know, he lost his spot in camp or in spring. Like he was the number three guy and fighting for the number two position with Jalen Wright. And he let two other guys jump him in Dylan Sampson and Justin Williams Thomas. So I don't know what Laneith was doing or what happened during those times, but two guys jumped him. So that's not good. Um, so if he wants to transfer, fine. I hate the fact that Justin Williams Thomas is transferring just because he wasn't ready this past year as a freshman. And that happens to a lot of guys. And you shouldn't take it as I'm way better than all of these guys ahead of me. And they're not playing me because they don't want to play me that, you know, they, they these guys take it so personally. And it's like, well, no, it's because you don't know what blitz pickup is. It's because you have no idea when I call this protection, who the hell, to, who the hell to block. It's because when I have you do quarterback exchange, you freaking fumble. That's why you're not playing. It, it has nothing to do with you personally. Um, so I think it sucks that he's leaving just because he is so young. But, again, Dylan Sampson's young too. And he was starting above Justin Williams Thomas. So, I, you know, yeah. like I, I don't feel like I'm – I don't feel like it's a dagger to the team. No, no, not, no. None of, none of these are a dagger to the team. They're, they're not. It's – it's the nature of the beast. Uh, I actually pers- I, I personally do feel like at some point in the next two years, three years, this is going to level out a little bit because a lot of these dudes are going to go in there and they're going to realize, I just had a full ride. And I get it. Listen, I get that you want to play. We all have a very, very limited amount of time to play the game we love. You know, some some get to play it and walk out on their own accord. Others are like, hey, you're not, you know, you're not good enough at this level or you're not good enough anymore at whatever level, like, see you later. So I will always respect someone who's like, man, it just, it's just not going to happen here for me. So I need to go somewhere else. Like I need to go to a, a lower level competition, whether it's a, you know, you're at a power five, you get to go to a group of five, or maybe you just go to a lower level power five. And and I get it. Like go enjoy it. Have fun. I would say 99.9% of players that are college football players, they all still, whether some of them would admit or not, they all still think, that there's a chance that they could go pro and that they want to go pro. I mean, I was at the University of Memphis, and the, the my freshman year that I was there, they went one – we went one and 11. And there were guys who were walk-ons, and there were guys who were maybe scholarship guys that didn't have hardly any other scholarships that, that thought they were going to go to the league. Now, I'm fine if that's your dream and you want to work towards it and you want to be confident and say what it is, but, like, there's a, there's a difference between wanting to and – and like legitimately thinking that you're going to go to the league. And so, I mean, I was listening to the radio the other day and someone had mentioned, and I don't know if this is true or not, but like Octavius Crouch, like in all that saga, like that's just one guy, but like he comes here, he plays, he transfers out. Then he goes to Michigan state and starts and plays. And I think he was fine. I don't think he was anything great, but then he's like, maybe going to transfer back. And then he ends up leaving and transferring and never got picked back up. It's like, I understand that you want to play, but, like, you also have to understand that, like, this is a free education. Like, you – like, there's there's bigger things out there in the world besides football. And, like, you you know, it's that saying's cool. 
oh, I don't, my, I don't have, you know, what's your plan B? Well, I don't have a plan B. I'm all in on plan A. Like, okay, great. Sounds cool. You know, and like when they do a, you know, when they do a, a two minute clip on you on CBS or Fox or ESPN before the game, it's like, yeah, man, like I grinded hard on anybody. I didn't have a plan B. Like, yeah, cool. That sounds, that sounds cool. But about a hundred other people said that same thing and they're not getting the segment made off of them. So it's like, you know, like these guys are really going to have to understand. And the other thing is too, is how early they do it. Now I get it like a, a Jimmy Callaway or a Jimmy holiday. I, I totally get those. Like they've been in the, they've been in the program for a while. They, they, they want to go play. They see that we basically rotate three or four guys, you know, and they see that squirrel's going to play and that Ramel's going to play and brew's going to play. And, Walker you know, Merrill. yeah. Walker Merrill may play. And then maybe some of the new guys that are coming in and you never know what transfers want to come in here. Like, you know, the Missouri guy that just put his name in the hat, like, obviously, if, if he's better than some of the people we have now, then he can step in and play right away. And so I get those guys, and I respect Jimmy Holiday and Jimmy Calloway. Like, they were here. They put the time in. Like, Calloway could have transferred last year after that whole debacle. He could have been gone then, but he stayed around one more year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, so I respect it. But, like, Justin Williams Thomas, like, I watched him in practice. There was not one thing about him that got me excited um besides maybe his physical attributes but then again like at practice those physical attributes didn't even like they weren't like overwhelming they weren't like do you want like taking over practice now i'm not saying he can't be a good player because he's young like he could he could grind another year or two and not really play and then come out of junior and senior year and ball out and and, and i hope he does that but like the main thing for these guys like if i could just talk to him and i'm assuming they have coaches that are but like coaches that are talking to him i don't know about family and friends and all those people because your family and friends are always like Hey, you're better than that. You're better than this. Like you deserve to be starting. That guy's not better than you. So like screw Tennessee, screw, you know, South Carolina and, and Bama and whoever go, go play. You know, this yeah. coach doesn't like me, but like you better be careful because you're going to end up either. Like I sent, I sent you those numbers and we need to put that tweet in here. It was wild. The amount of people who have entered the transfer portal over these years, over these past three years and the ones that do not get picked up. So it's like if you're going to transfer, you better, you better. I, I mean, if it was me and I'm transferring, I'm I'm probably going to have an idea of where I'm going before I transfer. I mean, me personally, like I mean, I would I would personally probably contact places and be like, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, at least like I don't know, DM the old guys who recruit who right. recruited you at those places. You know, Even, you're, I mean, your your automatic thought process if you're transferred from places. Okay, who was number two or three or four in my decision? I mean, DM those coaches be like, "Hey, are you, would you be interested if I transferred?" That's it. It, it, yeah, that's it. Don't just be like, just be like, "Can I have some free advice? What's your opinion if I enter the portal? Would I have a Would I have a home with you guys? You know, what What's your thoughts?" Now, that's, I mean, personally, that's what I would do. But I I don't know how many of these guys are besides saying like, "F this, I'm out of here." Like, transfer portal, I'll, I'll get picked up, and then three weeks later, it's crickets. You know, and yeah. and this sounds this sounds terrible, but. I saw one guy, and I don't know why I saw it. I guess I follow, like, someone that he went to high school with or whatever. But as a kid that played here locally at, at a high school, not not Catholic, but it was another high school, and he was, like, at some, like, NAIA or, like, D3 school. And he's like, hey, I'm entering my name in the transfer portal four years of eligibility. I'm like, hey, my guy, like, you had your opportunity. Like, you didn't go there and ball out to where you could level up. You know what I mean? So it's like you might as well, you know – you're probably just going to go to another NAI school or D3 school. Like, so you know what I mean? Like, 
It's also it's also like when coaches look at these guys in the transfer portal, say they're looking at a running back transferring from another school inside their conference that's a four that was a four star, right? And he didn't play a whole year at that other team in the conference. Never got never really got a snap. Maybe came in at the very ends of games and didn't really do much. And he was a four star coming out. And this other team and he gets an interest in the transfer portal. Another team in the conference looks at him. And then they also have this four-star in their upcoming recruiting class that's going to come in in the summer, running back. And you go, huh, do I want the guy who's been in college football for a year but didn't really do anything and didn't impress any coaches at this school that I'm competing against? Or do I want this guy that's pretty much the same, but I get him at the very beginning and I can coach him up how I want? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that I haven't heard someone mention. I guarantee a lot of these coaches are pumped about this because if there's a kid on their team that's a headache, who's a prima donna, who thinks he's a lot better than he is, you're not going to have to deal with his ass. You know, like you're going to get a free scholarship back because he thinks he's better than he is and he's gone. And like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if any of these coaches ever sit down with some of these guys and this is their way of getting a scholarship freed up because they're like, Hey man, like you're more than welcome to stay here. I really appreciate all your hard work, but like, I want to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know how much it's going to happen for you here. Now, yeah. like, does that – not going to get a lot of reps. Right, right. And you can do it, like, in a nice way, like, hey, I'm looking out for the best of you, and, you know, I want the best for you and stuff, but it's probably just not going to happen here. And they could just be BSing them just because they want them gone. But, or, or maybe they're telling the truth. Like, maybe they're like, hey, what, what are your goals? Like, you know, and they're talking to a guy, and he's like, I just want to play. He's like, okay, well, I think – you might need to go go down a level or go somewhere else that's, you know, going to fit you better or whatever. But these coaches are pumped about it because they're going to be able to go after guys that they probably really want. And maybe those guys that were in, you know, uh, FCS, so one double A or, or, or power five, I mean, group of five, you know, you go produce there, you're going to get called up really quick. I mean, it is a feeder system. Like, no, like, you know that guy last year, uh, Verse or the guy, the, the defensive end guy uh, that was at like, I don't know, like Delaware or Rhode Island or I don't know, somewhere, and he ends up going to Florida State, gets some money for NIL, and he was a big deal recruiter. Like, you know, so even if you start – hell, it's almost better if you start lower. Like, it's just like a JUCO now. Cause, but to, to the, these three people, are those people like – I get Lenny Whitehead leaving. Like, he's been here. If he wants to play, you know, go drop lower level and go try to play. Yeah. Uh, Justin Williams Thomas, if I was him, I probably I personally probably would have stayed one more year unless there's something unless he just, you know, doesn't like the coaches or doesn't get along with them or whatever the case may be. Um, but I probably would have given it one more year if I was him just because of the opportunity that he'll have here. Uh, but Miles Campbell's been around the program a long time. I I've it, it, when we've been at practice, you can tell like why he was a you know four star. He looks the part, he looks pretty good, but like he just never seemed to click. Like it never seemed to click. And then yeah. like I like I said, I already understand Callaway and um, Hall- Jimmy right. Holiday, and I and I and listen, you know Jimmy Holiday seemed to have been a really good teammate while he's here. If you watch him, he's always working hard at practice. He was always competing. And when we went to practice, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I did too. I did too. And like he was the guy that always seemed to be getting fired up for his teammates. He was playing special teams. Like that's one of those core guys. That's like you know, like I'm, you know, you did the right stuff here. If you if you don't think it's going to happen here, go, you know, go to go to Indiana, like go to, you know, somewhere else and maybe get some run if you just, you know, if it's not going to happen for you here. So I agree. I agree. 
Um, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this Orange Bowl. I'm excited for more football. I'm excited for this offseason. I'm ready to jump into basketball, jump into baseball this offseason. Um, and, you know, maybe some bigger stuff that's coming down the road. We'll, we'll, we might announce that a little bit later. But, yeah, I'm very, very excited. I as I am as well, Kyler. Good pod. I don't know what time is, but good pod. Yeah, maybe it was 30 minutes. Who knows? It was like 40 probably. <laughs> All right. You, uh, you, had argue, you had to argue with me about freaking goalish, which is fine. Oh, You're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's what happens when we get on a podcast. We go back and forth. You can't ha- you can't hold this at bay. Just wrap it up. I'm sick of you. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys for watching and listening. If you are watching, please subscribe, hit that like button, hit that notification bell, leave a comment. We love answering the comments, talking to you guys on there. If you're listening, rate and review, uh, leave five stars, download, re-download, uh, and follow all of our pages on whatever platform you listen. Uh, we've got merch, uh, how we doing bud t-shirts, not wearing it right now. I had to wear my orange for the orange bowl. Um, but those are great shirts, uh, funny little characters and, you know, it is our kind of theme there. Uh, so go out and buy those. If you want to follow us on social media at believe in Tennessee for our main account on Twitter at our 26 for read at Kyler Kerbison for myself on all social media platforms. Um, and thank you guys as always for following along and listening and watching. You're the best. Um, as always go balls. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.